The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with The Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global. Hello, everyone. I am Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. Really, really happy you guys joined me today. We're going to have a little fun with someone I've known for a while, and we're going to discuss how long that has been. My guest, his company is a leading supplier of ring carrier multi-packaging systems for the global beer and non-alcohol ready-to-drink business for you uh, novice out there, uh, NRTD beverage markets, providing sustainable packaging solutions to major consumer packaged goods companies. Uh, Now, having said all of that, my guest, his company is part of a multi-billion dollar large company called Illinois Toolworks, ITW, and uh, his company is is one of the the many companies. It's a high profile company. They shine a lot of light on this particular company, and the leader of that company. My guest today is Mr. Sean Welch. Sean, how you doing? Oh, Vern, I'm doing great. Uh, thank you. It's a lot of uh, a lot of pressure you're putting on on that introduction. So, uh, man, I just tell the truth. Hey. I just tell the truth. Uh, we, uh, I'm, uh, I'm very, very honored uh, to be here with you and, and have this discussion in this forum. I have uh, been uh, privy to a few of these podcasts and I've enjoyed them. And so hopefully this is a, uh, a uh, fun exchange as, oh, we all, as we always have. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, we can't screw that up now. I mean, yeah. So I look forward <laughs> to chopping it up with you here. All right. That's good. That's good. Now, so. Uh, just just to let the audience in on a little secret, uh, Sean and I have known each other for a while. Now, Sean, um, I did some research. I've been guessing about how long we've actually known each other. Uh, so I'm going to give you a chance to guess how long have we actually been having conversations and and uh, and, and and visiting with each other. Yeah, Vern, I, I was thinking through that. I think uh, I. I distinctly recall having conversations with you in, in 2010. Um, and I know specifically where I was when that happened, but- uh, Was I, it that's 2010? My, that's my recollection. <laughs> it was 2010? Um, yeah. Okay, so this is gonna be a question mark in our relationship. Okay. Because uh, my, my, my data, now I'm sometimes not the best at recording everything uh, into, into my contact information, but my data shows that at 6.42 p.m., okay, mm-hmm. uh, on June 6, 2011, wow. we actually had a conversation um, through uh, some email and through some voicemail. Uh, we actually had a conversation. Now, I may have missed something, but that's what I have. 6.42 p.m. 
on that's, June 6, 2011. That's very specific. Okay, so uh, I can't dispute that. I'm just telling you. I know, it's, I know it's around 10 years or so, but it feels like I've known you forever. Uh, I know it does. Most um, people say that, man. I wear on you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that first conversation, uh, frankly, was uh, like I'd known you. Um, uh, for some time, so uh, yeah, ten years is a good is a good run. Yeah, it's a it's a damn good run. But it's but, yeah. but it's been it's been frequent. Uh, yeah, uh, in those last ten years. Um, so I you know I, I appreciate that 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 time and and yeah that was a time and uh, I was making transitions and yeah uh, you were very helpful and supportive in that space right so uh, always appreciate that. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Audience, I was just being myself. I was just being myself now. Um, so here's the other esteem uh, characteristic that you have that that really was a first for me, is that uh, if I'm not mistaken, you grew up in Memphis. That's correct. Right. I've never really had a relationship with anybody that grew up in Memphis. Well, now, yeah, you have. Ooh. Uh, you, you, oh, a relationship is a is a loose term, but yeah, uh, uh, but Elvis, you know, Elvis, Elvis, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I've never been in his presence, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, I like some people from Memphis. I like, I like blues music. You know, I like barbecue. You know, I've been to Memphis a few times. I've enjoyed myself. Yeah, but, um, I mean, you grew up in Memphis. And just hanging out with you, there's some unique things about folks that that grew up in Memphis. Uh oh. No, well, no, no. You're gonna have to tell us what that is, because you always say you always point out that person probably from Memphis. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's home, man. It's uh, uh, it's a special place. Um, You know, there's a lot a lot of history there on a number of different fronts, right? And uh, and you know, it's it's got a rich history. Uh, certainly, um, uh, as it goes back to civil rights, you know, I had, uh, my, my parents were both growing up in that, in that era. Um, you know, my dad had, I am a man signs, uh, protesting, uh, mm-hmm. during the garbage strike when, uh, Martin Luther King showed up, um, uh, to support the, the locals there. Uh, I was a little boy, um, yeah, very, very little. In fact, when that happened, I, but I recall, um, the day that, uh, Martin Luther King was assassinated. It was four miles from my house um, where my mother grew up is where I was living at the time. I was two years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think it was the first time I ever felt like uh, the people from around around me that were caring for me, that loved me, uh, were distraught. I mean, it's the first like distinct feeling I've ever had of uh, grief or you know fear. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's always stuck with me. Um, yeah. As a matter of fact, and so um, that's a distinction, uh, of course. Um, yeah. There's a lot of var- variability in, in what happens there. Uh, the barbecue is, uh, in my opinion, uh, and many opinions, the best in the world. Um, not, not mine. I mean, I'm from Texas, so I'm, yeah, I'm but biased. You, you know, yeah, but that brisket <laughs> stuff y'all have, it's not, that's not what I'm talking about. Well, that's what like, people who yeah. can't cook that say. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I've had, I, you know, I've lived in Texas too, so I can appreciate, I can appreciate. You were there only for a cup of coffee, man. That, yeah. you, know, you didn't yeah. really have any good food. And you were in the wrong place. You were in Dallas. You weren't that's in right. Austin. You weren't in Central Texas having good food. 
Trust me, it was enough. It was enough for me. <laughs> yeah, but I've been to all the places in San Antonio. I got around when I was there. Yeah. Um, but uh, but you know the the other distinction you know quickly is that uh, you know I I was a tour guide at Graceland. Um, okay. So uh, so that when I say people and and that was it was in in the um, mid eighties. Uh, let's put it that way. Uh, Elvis wasn't around, but he was around, right? Because yeah. coming from all over the world uh, to really well, spend some time in, in that in that time and space. Well, people at then were still questioning if he was gone for real. No, he was gone. For <laughs> real. Um, but, uh, but there were people that were really feeling it. Yeah. So that that's the one thing. And then the last thing I tell you about Memphis is that the, the best basketball uh, in the country is played there at a high school level, which uh, really, I participated in. Uh, no, wait, hold on, hold on. Now I live in Indianapolis. You know that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I live in Indianapolis, and these people here, and I say I'm not a Hoosier, but people in Indianapolis and from Indiana believe uh, they created it. They put it in the womb. They they born it. They raised it. They developed it, and it's theirs. Yeah. I mean. You can say it. I mean, I'm just telling you. Either you can't. Uh, any, it's known on the circuits. If you play, you come okay. just playing basketball. Uh, you got the goods, right? And so, yeah. I played at a fairly high level in high school. Went to okay. college and played a bit. And okay, uh, so good times, right? So, uh, yeah. and I, uh, you know, everybody knows Penny Hardaway. Yeah, uh, we are. Yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. he's back, giving back, you know. Yeah, yeah which is a big deal. Um, which so. which is, I mean, that's that is a big deal. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna take a break, Sean. We're gonna continue our discussions when we get back. Okay. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. My guest today is Mr. Sean Welsh, who is the vice president and general manager. He's the head guy at High Cone Worldwide. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. 
This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Uh, Plant Profits is fueled by Protus Global, People Solutions. And uh, my guest today, uh, Mr. Sean Welch, uh, who is the vice president and general manager uh, and runs High Cone Worldwide. A uh, very successful uh, company in its own, which is part of a, a large multi-billion dollar conglomerate uh, called ITW. So, uh, and Sean and I were just having a chat about, and he was making, put a, a stake in the ground and making a claim how good the high school basketball, the best in the country, you guys heard it here. Now, I've never heard that before. Uh, the best in the country comes out of Memphis high schools uh, and the surrounding areas there. So, and, and, and then he was bold enough to claim that, you know, he set me up and then he said he was a part of it. So now he's trying to tell us how good he was at playing some, some basketball. So, you know, that's the kind of guy I'm dealing with today. So y'all just hang in there. So, so Sean, Sean, you, you, you set this thing up, man. Okay, so you play a little high school ball. How, were you guys successful? Yeah, we uh, we we managed two state championships. Um, my uh, my freshman and sophomore year, uh, junior year, we were ranked second in the state. Um, and I don't want to talk about the senior year, but uh, okay, all right, know, we, we don't I, have I to. Played a little, I played a little <laughs> point guard uh, early and shooting guard. Uh huh. I had some D one. Uh, recruiting and uh, like I said, that senior year didn't go as as planned, so I had to to yield on my academics. Okay. Uh, and uh, in fact, I uh, I took a, a a different route uh, as opposed to some of the D two D three schools mm-hmm. that uh, I could have gone to. I decided to go to a historically black college. Um, Which one? Uh, so I had decided to go to Morehouse. Okay. Uh, at graduation. Okay. Uh, but I happened to have two parents who were graduates of Xavier University of Louisiana. And, okay. Uh, and my father was actually a basketball player at Xavier, and he was. Oh, he actually was on the court in in, in college. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He was, uh, my dad's from Georgia. He played. Uh, he was all state uh, center at six three, and then he went to college and played. Started as a freshman at point guard. So okay. Pretty athletic, um, and, and talented. But uh, nevertheless. Um, Somehow during the summer, uh, <laughs> I got redirected. <laughs> oh, so it was Morehouse. You're going to Atlanta. You're going yeah. to Atlanta, man. I was going to Atlanta. Yes, this is you know my my dad has family there. We were going there, and uh, uh-huh. he, he felt like it would be better for me to not have that influence and to go have a uh, an experience 
at a place that he was familiar with that he trusted and that uh, you know had had done well by him and my yeah. mother, right? And then and so uh, so I took that that trust. He was you know certainly my best friend, um, mm-hmm. guider uh, uh-huh. uh, my my childhood, and I uh, to this day he you know he's he's passed he's passed away. So uh, God rest his soul. But he's he lives with me every day. Yeah, uh, and an inspiration for for what what I am and what I do. Uh, so. Yeah, so I went to Xavier and um, yeah, good. Walked on my freshman year and mm-hmm. uh, played a little bit, and then decided that there was way too much more for me to do in that space than to play <laughs> basketball. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so I got busy being a part of uh, uh, the yard, as they call it. Uh-huh. And, uh, got my education and uh, met met the love of my life, and uh, been married for thirty years now. Oh man, uh, congratulations! Um, and it's real cool. I, I've met the love of your life and she's a lovely lady. She's awesome. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's a very cool story. Now you, out of Xavier, you got into consumer products. Yes. Uh, let's just, let's talk about that a little bit. You got into consumer products. Yeah. Xavier had a program where, um, you know, they, they have, uh, corporations come on campus. I happened to be one of the, uh, student leaders who was liaisoning with, uh, with corporations. And so I got an opportunity uh, to work for a company called Lando Lakes uh, yeah. one summer. Uh, got got uh, got started in as consumer packaged goods, you know, at the base level, going to stores, you know, working uh, working hard at night, you know, setting mm-hmm. stores, moving shelves around, rotating wow. product just on the ground level, uh, figuring out where the rubber meets the road. And mm-hmm. uh, from that, um, great experience. Came back out of that and uh, had several opportunities. I chose uh, to go to work for Kellogg's. Okay, uh, Tony the Tiger calls. Yes, yes. So uh, illustrious career there. I was twenty years. Um, actually, a little bit of story is I've spent ten years there, growing up. Uh, you know, stores moving to different levels of responsibility. Uh, I left the company uh, after ten years. Went to work for a company called Sharing Plow Healthcare Products, where I moved from. You know, retail um, uh, ready eat cereal and, and snacks mm-hmm. and, and pop tarts to over the counter um, cough coal, uh, foot care, uh, sun care, more seasonal businesses. So it was a great experience. I was there for 15 months, had uh, two jobs there, and then uh, was fortunate to have Kellogg call me back. Okay. And that, means you, that means you left well the first time. Yes. Yes, uh, that's important. That. Yeah, that's important. By that, and uh, they offered me a, a job that I would have thought at the beginning of my career that would have been the, the ultimate job for me, and uh, and so I went back. I spent another ten years there, productive. Uh, wow, a number of things there, um, and moved into a head of sales role uh, for the frozen division, which was a high growth uh, division mm-hmm. at uh, at. Kellogg at the time. And then, uh, you know, of course, uh, as things would develop, people see you and uh, want to talk to you. And then I got a, another opportunity to join a great organization under the leadership of uh, the late Brenda Barnes at uh, Sarah Lee, who asked me to come and head up their North America sales and marketing group uh, and customer management. She's and, a great lady. Great yeah. lady in, in CPG Absolutely. halls, man. I mean, she's, yeah, when, she's when she, big time. She sits across from you and says, hey, you know, you can stay at Kellogg's and keep your cushy job, but you can come over here and go to work and do something meaningful. You know, <laughs> that was a challenge. And I was like, you know, okay, I got to go. You didn't just challenge <laughs> so, uh, so I jumped in and uh, yeah. we got to work and uh, Brenda, you know, Brenda had a stroke. 
uh, and uh, they started to move the company in a different direction and started uh, to sell off the brands that we were pulling together and you know turn into Hillshire, which now is a part of of Tyson. Uh, yeah. During that break, uh, I took the opportunity, and I think this is critically important to the rest of our conversation uh, as yeah. it relates to my experiences in CPG. And I took the opportunity to say I like to do something similar, different, but uh, something that can actually. Uh, make a meaningful difference to these companies. And I thought packaging throughout my cons- consumer packaged goods career was always an undervalued uh, afterthought uh, okay. for, the, for the most part. Uh, well, Sean, that. let me ask you a question there. Do you believe, because I, I had a very similar uh, track that you did. I didn't, I didn't stay with it as long as you did. But um, before I got into the business I'm in now, uh, but do you think that's because... Uh, you were selling branded goods, and um, it, 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 I, I agree with you. It felt like an afterthought, but then you'd go to these meetings and people talk about people buy with their eyes, mm-hmm. right? And I'd say, well, man, that's not what we talk. We talk about that once or twice a year, right? And, and uh, we, we don't necessarily uh, dive in the importance of the interaction of the packaging with the consumer. Yeah, I, and people, uh, we, I mean, you're right. Eye tracking is a big, is a big uh, technological mm-hmm. advance in terms of trying to predict how, how people shop and what they buy. Um, but I, I think, Vern, to answer that question, I think it's just really infrastructure, supply chain infrastructure. So mm-hmm. uh, CPG companies or companies pull, you know, put a lot of capital into their production process. And, you know, there's machines, there's fixed. They're trying to get the, the assets through. Um, and, and utilized, and you know um, that's really the only mechanism by which you can put it, you know, put it in a package and put it on the shelf, right? Is through that infrastructure. And so, if you don't think about that uh, in advance, you end up having a product that has to go through the same infrastructure from a packaging standpoint, just because of the, you already have the you know, the infrastructure established, the cost structure is there, you have to flow it through there. And so, you know, it, it requires some more strategic thought in terms of what you're trying to get done with that equity, how it plays with consumers and packaging is the place where the customer buys it. They touch it. They take it to their homes. They put mm-hmm. it in their shelves and cupboards. They interact with it. It communicates with them throughout the process of the life cycle. Uh, and and I think it's, you know, it's important. Like for, you know, at Kellogg's, we spent 36 months thinking about, you know, texture profiles of cereal and how long they dissolve in milk and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And then, you know, you get to the end of it, it's like, okay, put it in the bag, put it in the box, put it on the shelf. <laughs> and, you know, you wonder why it's not, you know, it's not popping off the shelf. People don't know that it's different, right? There's a lot, there's a lot of stimulus for consumers to go through. No, and you're right. To, to the degree that you can make it, you know, beneficial to them. Different one. Uh, and then value added, differentiated, functional. Two, you can do those two things you know, you got a good chance on the packaging side, your product has to, of course, deliver against its, uh, its promise, right? But- no, that, that, see, that is, that's where we're going to go. We're going to take a break now, but we're going to come back and we're going to go into packaging uh, uh, in a deep way because that's your life today yeah. uh, and what you do. And uh, um, I think it's very important that we, we take this packaging journey with you here because I know you have some very interesting things to say. Uh, hey, look, we'll continue our discussions with Sean Welch, VP GM of High Cone Worldwide. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. We'll be right back. 
Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's going to make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Himping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your host, Dr. Dina. We've got David Faustino on the line. Bud Bundy from Married with Children. Did you feel nervous being a celebrity walking into a weed store? I don't remember at all being like, ooh, I'm scared someone's going to take my picture here. What are they going to say? Bud Bundy smokes Bud? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be a big shocker. Hey, this is David Faustino, and I'm on Cannabis Confidential with my girl, Dr. Dina, on CannabisRadio.com. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, welcome back. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is fueled by Produce Global People Solutions. I'm here with Sean Welch today. He's the VPGM of High Cone. And uh, we just started, and we, we've, we've taken some time to, to take you through um, um, uh, Sean's CPG experience, and now he's made a transition. We're talking about packaging. Sean, let's continue there, and uh, because packaging is your life right now, and you guys are doing some very interesting things. But you know, uh, you left Sara Lee, you got into packaging. To, let's pick up there. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so made that transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to move into a. Um, a packaging company called Owens, Illinois, uh, OI as it's known, mm-hmm. uh, the world leader in glass um, packaging uh, mm-hmm. for consumer product goods, uh, consumer goods. Um, you know them as, you know, beer bottles, spirits bottles, you know. Salsa uh, bottles. Salsa bottles, wine bottles. I right. Mean, the, the leading in that. I, uh, I joined them as the head of sales and marketing. Uh, from North America, uh, which also had uh, a broad scope, you know, all the front end to the customer uh, and the innovation um, design elements of uh, the packaging, right? And so um, the, right in the wheelhouse to be able to sit down and have conversations with leading brands about um, how packaging can help um, amplify the equity of the brand, right? Um, and so and with that, you know, there's also this element of, you know, sustainability, which was I, w- I was attracted to 
right. uh, uh, from a cost perspective in that, you know, the glass packages are the most um, recyclable um, inert, in, uh, inert uh, material that can be recycled uh, endlessly and very pure in terms of uh, its ingredients, very simple ingredients. And, uh, you know, it gets to the, it, it really has, has an authenticity that it, it delivers for a brand. It's transparent. You can see through it. Mm-hmm. It protects it. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't leach into it. Right. So those are the, you know, those are some of the elements that uh, were, were very, very um, attractive to me in terms of being able to, you know, represent and, right. and, and engage with customers. In. And you were very successful there and, and you spent several years there and, yeah. and, um, and then, and, 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 and then you, you, uh, you decided to take this opportunity at High Cone. What was the attraction at High Cone? Yeah, so uh, the attraction of Icon was two things. Um, one was ITW. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's a you know it's a as you mentioned it's a large conglomerate. There's 84 to 85 divisions. It depends on what day it is, how how that flows. Uh, <laughs> the company the company has a a uh, enterprise strategy that is very very unique. Uh, it, it it deals with decentralized decentralized. Uh, divisions with, you know, with guidelines mm-hmm. uh, and customer back innovation as principles. Uh, and, uh, and so I was attracted to that structure and uh, mm-hmm. support. Uh, having run a P&L in the past and been in matrix organizations, I was, uh, I was very, very keen on being in a place where uh, if you do have a P&L, that you have the autonomy to manage it, you have an autonomy to, to uh, make decisions fast, close to the market, close to the customers. Uh, that adds value and makes you differentiated uh, in terms of how you operate uh, mm-hmm. and become value uh, partners to the largest brands. And so uh, that that construct was very, um, very important to me. Uh, the second part of it is that I knew who Icon was. Um, being in the sustainability space and packaging space, I also understood that Icon needed to make some significant shifts. Yeah. In terms what of, was driving that? What was driving those shifts that you could see that for yeah. them to continue to be successful? So sustainability, as you know, mm-hmm. is, is uh, I, you know, it is one of the, the prevailing issues in consumer packaged goods and in the world today. Um, right. It will continue to be. Uh, so that's there. Um, but the, also this idea of, you know, plastics, right. And, right. you know, and plastic waste, and waste and recycling. And, you know, so I was very heavy into the recycling uh, elements of glass, as I mentioned. Uh, not everything is is as it looks. I mean, while it might be the most su- sustainable package, it's not, it's not highly uh, recycled and the recycle rates are very low. Uh, yeah. And that, that has to do with the infrastructure. So there's a lot that goes into that. So I was very aware of that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the pain points are that when you see you know, um, you know, barges or islands of plastic in the specific in the Pacific Ocean or the Atlantic Ocean. You know, it it it, it conjures emotion from consumers, right? And oh, I mean, if you think about consumers, I mean, first of all, there's a lot of education that needs to happen, right? Because it's not a it's not a Absolutely. simple simple because your eyes tell you something that and you know, and two things can be true when you see something. I've learned that over time. <laughs> you know. So don't let the eye, don't let the lion eyes tell you. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, it's 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 uh, really important and 
And and the, the consuming public, like you just said, is I mean, it's a they are awake. We are awake about what's going on, the environment. Uh, I mean, unless you're you you're you've been asleep for 20 years, you could you know that things are changing uh, in the environment and, and that there's some uh, elements of uh, warming and, and et cetera going on. Yeah. And, and how that all comes together is very important. And people are concerned. And you guys do a great job of, of talking about that. And and how do you guys be, how are you believe in your mind as the leader? How do you continually day to day be authentic and, and, and present to all of us a high level of authenticity in that arena? Yeah, so... Um it's easy um, mm-hmm. uh, because, like you said, it's, you, you you see that you see what's happening in the marketplace. You lean into it and you you make a you make a statement and you understand what the issue is and that you're committed uh, yeah. to, to making a difference. And and that's the, to back to your first question about why why mm-hmm. I phone why ITW because you know, when I had the conversations uh, uh, with the with the leadership, uh, they all indicated that they understood the situation. It was there wasn't something that they were blind to and that they needed to, to have people to come in and to transform it and that they were going to support that mm-hmm. right uh Good. With resources and investment uh and, and they've been true to that and so um so i'm the kind that you know when i see an issue i run to it i don't run from it right mm-hmm. so that's how i ended up with brenda that's how i ended up you know living in toledo <laughs> back, <laughs> back in chicago right and uh and happy to be here and uh, to transform this business to help, you know, make a difference in the world. And that's the way we look at it. Right. Okay. And, uh, and so the authenticity is, a, is about recognizing that there's an issue and saying, mm-hmm. Hey, we understand there's the issue here is what, how we're contributing to it. And here's how we're correcting it and how we're going to make it better. And to have that transparency with our customers uh, and the consumers that we can reach, you know, to your point, education is huge, right? Mm-hmm. So we spent a lot of effort and resources and time in getting data uh, and to understand what the real situation is, what the real issue is. And the tendency, you know, is to to go towards the, you know, the thing that's obvious. Like there's a lot of plastic in the, in, in, in the waste stream. Let's, right. eliminate, let's eliminate plastic. Okay, so case saw well it's not that easy right you know as you know plastic is everywhere you look it is right it has been very very uh, instrumental in the advancement of the modern world particularly in the last 50 years uh and so it's got it's a valued resource the issue is that we don't manage the value resource at the end of life appropriately right so and, and that's and that's where we we talk about this authenticity right and mm-hmm. and I think consumers today, when you get back to, you know, the cannabis world, anyone who mm-hmm. is looking for a, a product that is beneficial to them and helps enhance their life or manages their life or manages pain, uh, the very important thing for people, they want to know that what they're, what they're buying is absolutely what their, its intended purpose is and that it, it delivers on its promise. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And that's, that's the definition of authenticity. And, and um, Sean, we got to close it today. Oh, man. I know. it. (laughs) We could have kept talking for two hours like normal, right? Yeah. Oh, man. I look, it's, it's um, my pleasure of having you uh, being a a part of uh, our, our show 
um, you know, plan profits because what you were saying is at the very end there is very important to the folks that listen uh, to this show. And I really, uh, I really appreciate you and um, really thank you for being here. Uh, we've spent our time today with uh, Mr. Sean Welch, uh, who is the vice president and general manager of High Cone Worldwide. And I want to thank all of you for being here with us. You can download episodes of Plant Profits by going to CannabisRadio.com or you can, anywhere you get your podcast, right? You get it on Apple, Spotify, iHeart, uh, wherever you get your, your podcast, you can find Plant Profits. You can uh, follow Protus Global uh, through social networks. We're everywhere, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all over the place. Anywhere you look, you can find Produce Global. Uh, Produce Global is a people solutions business, and we help companies change. Um, we help companies grow, and we help build companies. And man, what's really fun is we change people's lives every day. And that's that's been so very cool. And that's ProduceGlobal.com, uh, P-R-O-T-I-S, Global.com. Uh, I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. Until next time, cheers. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.